bring this message of joy today. Um, uh, if you are like me and you focus a lot on the reverence of the Lord and the weight of our sin, um, sometimes it can be something that we get a little lost in. Um, and I know that sometimes I don't focus on the joy of the Lord enough. So um, before we begin, I just want to thank you, Stephen, for giving me this um, opportunity to bring this message today. Um, and I'm thankful to be here with you all. And I think often on what Rick said a few months ago about us meeting together more than our church family sometimes. So thank you for being a extension of the church family and being the body together. So we will be in Psalm 16 today. Psalm 16 verses 8 through 11. So if you want to jump there, um, Psalm 16 verses 8 through 11. And I'm going to put it in the chat because I know often we are asked what we are in. And I am one of those people who are wondering what we are in and missed the opportunity. <laughs> um, so before we jump into these uh, verses, let's, let's pray and, and seek the Lord together. Oh, sweet Lord, we thank you so much for the gift of your word and how it brings joy to our lives. Father, would you quiet our hearts right now? Would you take away any stress or thoughts of anything else that we have going on in our lives? Scheduling um, reminders, all of the above, Lord, and just quiet our hearts to hear this word today. Father, would you be my words? Holy Spirit, would you speak through me and would you do away with any of my fear or my doubt in bringing a good word to you? And Lord, would you be all that I am in bringing a word to these wonderful believers that are before me? We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. All right, let's, uh, let's just read it first and then we will um, uh, kind of break it down a little bit. So starting in Psalm 16, verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope for you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy one to see corruption. You will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen and amen, somebody, right? <laughs> um, cool. Well, um, I love just that first verse in itself. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. I feel like that section you can read backwards and forwards, left and right. I have set the Lord before me always. That is feels um, impossible uh, for us as believers in our, in our sin nature. Um, but the beauty of that verse is the because, and because of our right hand, it shall not be moved. And in the, um, in the old Jewish law and heritage, the right hand was the dominant. It was the dominant hand that was always the first. Um, if you had a left hand, it was almost foreign. So therefore, if he is at our right hand, he is always the dominant. He is the first that goes when we are reaching for things, when we are stepping things forward, when we are grabbing. Therefore, because he is at the right hand, that is how we are not moved. And what a glory and praise that he is there as the dominant 
and redeeming ourselves and redeeming our soul that we can put our right hand first to the plow. And because of that, therefore, we shall not be moved. And I am so glad and joyous that we are redeemed by his grace because there is no way that we would ever be able to put him first if it wasn't for him being at our right hand and the Holy Spirit living inside of us, sanctifying us and renewing us daily. Continuing in verse nine, therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh will also rest in hope. Um, and the my glory um, is our whole self. It's the whole being. It's every part of us. Um, I think about like the glory of the Lord. It's it's all of him that surrounds everything. So if it's our personal glory, it's it's every piece of us. It's what's behind us, what's in front of us, what's to the left and to the right of us. So if our our whole being rejoices in the Lord and our heart, meaning our spirit, is glad in him because our whole being is rejoice, is rejoicing. Therefore, this is the part that really gets me is my flesh will rest in hope. And the flesh here, we often think of the flesh in the New Testament, which is um, our sinful nature, but the flesh here is our bodies. And what a joy to rest in his hope in this life now, that because of him being at a right hand to be our dominant, to be the first that comes in our life, our soul will then be glad. Our whole being will then rejoice. And then therefore here in this life, there's this, this physical representation of, of resting secure in him. And, and I, I believe that to be that even others that are outside of the church should be able to see that there is something different about us, something that is, that is making us rest and be content, secure in the arms of our Savior. And that is only founded if we have repented of our sin and turned away from our evil ways, and therefore he will then be at our right hand and continuously putting our hand to the plow, that right hand, that dominant hand, that first fruit of him. And um, my old pastor, when I lived in California, used to always say this at the end of his sermons, if you're a Christian, just remember, you're good. <laughs> he has got this. You are redeemed. So you can rest secure and content in that. If he has created all things and conquered death, then he has got you. You're good. Um, and I think of that often that, man, there's so often where I'm, I'm thinking about the depth of my, of my failure to not um, be serving him well, but what a joy it is to stand in his righteousness and grace. Verse 10, for you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. <clears throat> and this is one that, uh, just to continue with what I was saying about feeling kind of the weight of the sin, um, I don't know if any of you have ever felt this, but it's the question of, the, uh, Lord, why have you saved me? <laughs> why? If, if my sin has been the separation from you, why even choose any of us? It seems incomprehensible for our minds to, to believe that uh, as it should be, because it is a sin that should be beyond measure as it is. And I, there's a 
a connection to Psalm 49, 15 that says, but God, but God will redeem my soul, will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, which is sin, for he shall receive me. Wow. <laughs> he is receiving us it, because of his redemption on the cross. And, and the, the, the joy that we can look to the cross instead of our own sin that has separated us. Thank God for his redemption, for his redemptive love to bring us to joy because of that redeeming love. Verse 11, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of, here's the word, joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Uh, I love the, you will show me the path of life, which we know that that path of life is Jesus. And I think that that kind of comes to a, a big question in our application of what does the joy of the Lord mean in our life? And Jesus has shown us what that joy is. It is that, that constant um, walking in step with the spirit, being in the word, diving to our knees. Um, and I know we reference this a lot and brother Terrell nailed it when he said, having dents in the floor for the Lord, that we are so heavy laden with our sin. And that is part of the path of life that, that Jesus has shown us when he is even in the garden of Gethsemane. Um, and that, that tension of, of the old Testament bringing us to that redemption of him in the, in the new Testament. And then it goes into the, in your presence. And just, I want to stop there at his presence, his omnipresence. And, and if he is living inside of us and we've been redeemed by him, then there is nowhere that he is not. Um, my wife and I are going through the no one else devotional that, um, that Joel Beakey has, has gave us at the foundations conference. And I, we have been so uh, locked into his omnipresence, his glory that is always there. There is nowhere that he cannot be. So therefore, if we are, if we are uh, redeemed by his grace, then he is always here, right here, always. And what a joy there to, to rest in that contentment that we talked about before, because he is always near to us. Praise him for his, his nearness. And then this word fullness, we see after that in your presence is fullness, complete. There is that it goes back to, for me, that thought of, of, of um, the simplicity of God and how there is, you know, his, his mercy, his grace, his wrath, his justice, all of those things. He is 100% all of these things, unlike us, where it's like we have pieces of all of them. We kind of fit into a box. And then we can have some of those things, but he is 100% all of those things. So, so for us to focus on all of them at once is almost incomprehensible. But if we are putting him at our right hand, then we are going to reach that completeness of joy. And if in his presence, living in our hearts is joy, then joy will be always there. And whether it is pushed forward in your life or not, um, we can be comforted, brothers and sisters, that whether we are in trial or we are living in the mundane day-to-day -day workings of life, whether it be wiping boogers from a small child or, 
or being in the grind of making the vault happen that Stephen is in, or whether we are in ministry and it is just day-to-day workings of, of sometimes just being locked into sermon uh, writings and, and being lost in, in that life, we can rest in the joy of the Lord because he is always near to us. And then I think of the next question, which is how do we seek the Lord daily? And it goes back into the him re- renewing us in our day-to-day lives, being in our, in our word, making sure that we are in constant reverence to him, putting him at our right hand, reminding us that this is his story and not ours. It is a constant bowing to our knees. But it is easy for us, if you are in the Reformed camp, to bow to our knees continuously. And I, I find sometimes I miss that joy. And I, I bring this message because I am convicted by that, that I sometimes focus on his, his glory and it is so great. And wh- why, even, why even look at me? I think about the angels in heaven singing, holy, holy, holy is Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. But I miss sometimes the walking in that joy to bring that joy into others' lives of, of trust me, walk towards Christ because the joy is the only true joy that there is. And I wanted to um, end with this, this hymn that I have just been stuck in my head for so long now. And I'm just going to read it to you and I'll, it says, what a joy it is to stand in Christ's forgiven righteousness and eternal life when salvation is given. All my sins paid for, and I can never repay you. But now my greatest delight is to trust you and obey you. More than a genre of music, worship is a heart change. I gladly bow my knee to the God who never changes. Every day I'm changing, becoming more like Christ, adoring what is good, adorned with the fruits of new life. And my hope is not a fantasy. It's built upon a reality that you will keep your promises according to your sovereignty. And I will seek your face and I will see your face and be safe under your reign when my faith turns to sight and only perfect love remains. I believe that for the true believer, it is easy for us to feel the conviction and weight of not walking in his joy daily. And yes, that's good. We need to repent of that. But I kind of wanted to give a challenge today that maybe we focus more on worshiping him for the joy that he has put in our hearts. Worshiping him with thanksgiving and thanking him for being the joy that we can walk in daily because it is is the only joy that is true and right. Thank you.